On this fifth Sunday of Lent, as we come close to celebrating Passion Week or Holy Week, we're reminded of our mortality. We're reminded about death. We're reminded about sin and resurrection. The themes really of the kerygma that our Lord Jesus Christ came to rid us of sin and death. And it's through his resurrection that we might have eternal life, of course. Um, During Lent, I have a little tradition, which I started a few years ago, of reading each day a little vignette of one of the English martyrs of the 16th century, those men and women that were killed under the uh, Henry VIII and Elizabeth I regimes uh, for being Catholic, for practicing their faith. A lot of them priests, of course, that went abroad to be trained to be priests, came back to the English mission and were caught, you know, some within a few uh, minutes. Some people didn't get on shore. They were arrested in their boats. And some lasted 15, 16 years of um, celebrating Holy Mass and baptizing and hearing confessions of the remaining Catholics in England in that time. And um, it's an interesting uh, sort of book, just these little, you know, couple of pages each day. And I like, I don't know, uh, studying or like uh, reading about the martyrs in general. Because these are the people, these are really our examples, right? These are the people that love the Lord so much that they gave up their lives for him. And they willingly did it. And when you read the stories about it, you see the courage and the confidence they have in the gospel to be able to do this. And it's always sort of encouraging. And it always makes you think about your own life and what you would be prepared to do for the Lord, all right? Well, I'd be prepared to go to Mass on a Sunday or I'd be prepared to do this. But, you know, being imprisoned and tortured for the faith um, might be a bit much. I may not be able to do that. I, reading these things, it's very difficult for us to comprehend the grace that comes from the Lord to overcome these horrible situations. And then on Friday of this week in Magnificat, you know, that little monthly book that gives you uh, all the readings for Mass. It's a great publication. And they have a little reflection each day. And the, there's one there on this Friday from Father Alphonse Waxman, who was a German Catholic priest uh, during the war. And what happened on this day, 80 years ago, on the fifth Sunday of Lent, is that Pope Pius XII issued a letter condemning the Nazis and the uh, Hitler's regime. And they had, the German bishops had it read in all the churches at every mass on the Sunday of the fifth Sunday of Lent, 80 years ago today. Obviously the date changes a bit, but it was on this day. And what happened there was obviously the Nazis retaliated and they started arresting Catholic priests and sending them to concentration camps. And Father uh, Alphonse Waxman was one of them. And um, what's interesting about his life was that we still have some letters that he wrote to his family uh, while he was in prison. So he was arrested in Lent this year, and it took him a whole year. And it wasn't until the following Lent that he was executed. And during that time, he was tortured and had a horrible life in prison, etc. In the last 70 days of his life, he was shackled with chains that didn't come off. And he wrote and got letters out to his sisters. And it's, this is why it's amazing, because you think about, well, if I had to face that, I would just, uh, you know, uh, be a pool of tears, right? Wouldn't have any strength in the face of being imprisoned by the Nazis, being shackled, being tortured. But he, in his letters, talks about the grace that God gives him and that he found joy in this preparation for his death. 
And he didn't know when he was going to die. He didn't know whether it was going to be tomorrow or a month's time or a year's time. But he knew it was coming. You know, you get the idea that it's coming when you're in a concentration camp. Anyway, this is his last letter he wrote to his sister. Dear Minka, at three o'clock I'm going to die. Now the hour has come that God in his eternal love has ordained for me. Father Schultz, that good man, has heard my confession and given me viaticum. That's final Holy Communion. In one hour I shall pass over into the glory of the living God. I have given myself over wholly, completely, and without reservation to God. In his hand I am sheltered. In his holy heart Christ will carry me up to the Father. Mary will protect me, and St. Joseph will accompany me. What great confidence in the Lord and what's going to happen. Because this is the sort of question we must ask ourselves. What is going to happen at the end? What is death all about? Is it an encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ? Are we confident of that? Are we confident of going to him? Are we confident of the promises of the gospel? Because we all should be able to answer that question. What happens when you die? What's going to happen? A few weeks ago, I was with one of our parishioners who was dying. And she asked me that question. I was sat at her bedside and she said, what's going to happen? Meaning, what's going to happen next when I go? What am I going to face? And we discussed it. You know, face Jesus Christ. You're going to tell him you love him. You're going to tell him sorry for your sins. You're going to beg for his mercy. These sort of things, these are the truth statements of our faith. I am the resurrection and the life. These are the sort of things we've got to remember. And it's worth us thinking about our own death, not in a morbid way, but in a way that we should be confident about what's going to happen next. And that confidence comes through in the rest of our lives. Because if we really love the Lord, you know, we can be uh, confident in his mercy and his love for us. It's worth thinking about your sort of obituary as well. What are they going to say about you? I celebrate a lot of funerals, of course, and sometimes I know the person really well and I can talk about their faith, and other times I don't know anything about them um, for various reasons. You know, I've only been here a couple of years, they moved out of the area a long time ago, or they just didn't practice their faith. And we, you know, there's not much I can say about that. But this idea that, you know, we celebrate people's lives is a very secular thing. When we come to a funeral at the end of our lives, we're not celebrating their life. We're praying to Almighty God for the repose of their immortal souls. And if we start forgetting that, we end up not praying for our dead, which is one of the most important things we do, right? I mean, think about Lazarus here, you know. What, what was a, what's Lazarus' obituary looking like? Well, uh, Lazarus is survived by his two sisters, Martha and Mary. Lazarus had a good golf game. He liked the outdoors. He liked kittens. Um, what else can we say about Lazarus? Oh, he's a lifetime member of the Bethany Elks Club. And he had a long lifetime love of jazz. No, doesn't matter. You know what matters? What his obituary should be. Lazarus loved Jesus, and Jesus loved Lazarus. That's it. That's the obituary for Lazarus. We're told that in the Gospels. We don't need any other information. We don't need to celebrate Lazarus's life. We celebrate Christ's victory over sin and death. We celebrate resurrection. We celebrate the hope in the Gospel. That's what we do. And therefore, I find all this other stuff nonsense. 
And it's made me think this week about what my obituary is going to look like. You know, well, he's ordained in this and he worked here and he did this and all, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I hope someone might be able to say Gerard loved Jesus and Jesus loved Gerard. That's what it's about. So as we come closer to the celebrations, the holiest times of our year, when we celebrate, we celebrate, we mourn with Jesus at the death of his passion, at his passion, but we celebrate the resurrection. It's to remind us, of course, about our own uh, life here. And can we answer that question, what's gonna happen? And if we can do that with some sort of confidence, we can go towards our deaths, whether it be horrible, like Father Vaxman, or whether it be gentle and slow, like uh, someone else. But it, we, it's, it's very important we can answer that question. What's gonna happen? What's it gonna look like? And can we be confident in the resurrection? Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life.